episode are you excited i'm very excited i feel like we're being misleading and calling it a bonus episode because we haven't had a regular episode okay so in we got so long. We, <laughs> the last episode we recorded the audio was really fucked up and i couldn't better edit it and then we didn't re-record it because we watched those episodes so many times uh we will at some point do a new episode but meanwhile i want to do something a bit more interesting and a bit more fun to do Mm -hmm. uh so i thought i'd do a special all about our favoritest most popular character scrappy (laughs) do or scrappy cornelius do as he's revealed to be uh called in the live action movie his middle name's cornelius cornelius yeah (gasps) oh my god i don't know what his first name is is it just scrappy because scooby's name is like scoobert yeah Scrapford. Scrap, Scrapford. I like that. That sounds Scrap-ford. like a town in the UK somewhere. <laughs> sounds like an American town. It's like, oh, Scrapford, Arizona. <laughs> okay, we've lost half our listeners already. Oh, that was a good um, accent. Thank well you. I lived in America. Um, yeah, so I thought, you know, we just do a brief rundown of Scrappy's history and his legacy and the reactions to him. First of all, what are your feelings on Scrappy? Largely negative. Largely, okay. I don't like him. He's very annoying. <laughs> um, I remember him mostly from the live action films, film, because he's only in the first one. Yeah. Um, where he pilots Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, I love that. Love to be inside <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Um, and I remember him on. I definitely did watch a couple of the episodes of the show where it was just him. Uh, Scooby, Shaggy, mm, and Daphne. Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. I don't know. As a kid, but he always pissed me off. And I know my parents hated him. Yeah. I guess, I'm not sure I did hate him as a child, because I don't think I hated much. Mm. I used to just watch it. Yeah. Which, as we'll get into later, was like one of, that, one of those Scooby-Doo things that people said was why it was so popular is because you didn't have to think while you were watching <laughs> it. You could, they called it um, imbecilic. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because that turns out the legacy, you know, the legacy of Scrappy-Doo is intertwined with the cartoon animation politics of the late 1970s. Ooh. Ooh. It's very (laughs) fun. I want to get into it. Okay, so first of all, Scrappy-Doo. We all know what Scrappy-Doo looks like, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Smaller than Scooby. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We have your Scooby-Doo encyclopedia here, in which it describes... Uh, Scrappy. This is the company line on Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Full name, Scrappy Doo. Uh huh. Age, five in human years. Okay, what is that in dog years? 55? Wasn't know. it like by 11? Uh, that's like young, I think, five years, isn't it? Maybe. Like it depends age. on the type of dog. I've never had a dog. No, me neither. Can't speak to dogs. We're very bad. We should have a dog expert. Um, <laughs> height, three paws. Um, three of. Scooby's paws? Three of Scrappy's paws? Because that's not true. 
What's a paw? That's so relative. I don't know, but Yabadoo is described as being 12 paws and he's 5 foot 8. God, that's a big dog. <laughs> 5 foot 8, that's taller than you. That's massive. <laughs> Not as tall as you, but like, that is taller than me, yeah. 12 paws. So 12 paws is 5 foot 8. So 6 paws is 2 foot. I hate why his feet like that. Uh, two foot six, about three feet. So he's about one and a half feet tall. Yeah, that sounds right. Which means it's that like a paw he's... is half a foot, which seems big. It does seem big. I can't tell if that's big Im- or not. Imperial measurements aren't good. <laughs> yeah, imperial measurements measurements aren't good. But what's worse is paws. Yeah, paw measurements. Mm. Um, it's like measuring a horse in hands. He weighs. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but like hands, are but human but hands. Yeah, exactly. You're measuring a different species of animal with a human hand, and Not this like, is you're measuring a speci- a dog with another dog. With Scooby's paws. I, I don't know. Is there any explanation for this? It's I like, don't think no, so. Okay. Uh, weight forty pounds. Mm-hmm. Eyes black. I I have to imagine weight in terms of how many bags of flour it is. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. That's just what feels right. To Forty me. pounds. Quite heavy, maybe. Eyes. It's got a big head. Black hair. Brown. I like that they call it hair instead of fur. That's good. <laughs> hair. I think it's meant to be consistent through all the animals and people, yeah. but like, mm, interesting. Like his name suggests, Scooby Doo's nephew is a pup with disproportionate courage. Scrappy Doo's feisty elite before you look attitude often gets him in over his head, which quite is only three paws off the ground. <laughs> uh, which oh, which isn't too difficult considering his pint-sized pedigree. So oh. we make the same jokes as the Scooby Doo annual. So you should Good probably retire. <laughs> uh, luckily, his uncle Scooby and the Mystery Incorporated gang have a strong case of puppy love for this little scrapper, <laughs> and they're always willing to lend him a hand or paw. Remember when he pissed on Daphne? <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll get to the James Gunn movie later. Mm-hmm. Also important in the Scrappy lore. Yeah, so. Scrappy-Doo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. It's 1978. I can picture it. You can picture it. Everyone's wearing a lot of brown, mm-hmm. presumably. I guess. The 70s. Yeah, like, y- mustard yellow. Steven Sondheim. Drug bests. Mm-hmm. Proto-Reaganism. Um, things you got to know about Scrappy-Doo. He's a bit, apparently, very similar to the original design for Scooby-Doo. I, I'm so glad they changed it. You know, if you remember, in our first episode, we talked about Too Much, the dog. Yeah. He was meant to be small and feisty, oh, rather than big and cowardly. Too Much. Yeah, I which see. is sort of what Scooby-Doo sort of is like, uh, but not how he came to be. I see. Okay, yeah, so it's 1978 and Scooby-Doo's ratings have fallen incredibly far. Everyone fucking hates Scooby-Doo. They think it's terrible, it's imbecilic, it's what's killing the cartoon industry. Oh my god! Uh, Stuff like that. Hanna-Barbera is a really interesting company that I really want to do a special episode on because they have so much weird drama and like they're just so involved in the sort of mainstream media politics of the 1970s and 80s and it's mm-hmm. just I think it's interesting but yeah for now <laughs> all you need to know is that they really ABC wanted to cancel Scooby-Doo okay uh, and they had one time slot left in that sort of Saturday morning children's cartoon show time yeah 
uh, and it was between Scooby-Doo and this other series who was created by the new production company Ruby Spears by uh, Joe Ruby and Kurt Spears what was the Uh, show? I don't know there's no information really about it I wonder who got the slot (laughs) yeah well you know history history shows Mm. Ken Spears by okay. Joe Ruby and Ken Spears and it was written by a man named Mark Evanier Evanier who was one of the writers on Scooby-Doo and Joe Spears Ruby and Spears were the ones who actually created the original Scooby-Doo but as writers for Hanna-Barbera rather than as their own production company okay so it was between Hanna-Barbera and their new production company because they'd sort of not necessarily split from Hanna-Barbera but were trying to create their own thing yeah so it was between Scooby-Doo and the people who wrote Scooby-Doo yes because <laughs> they, they they were like let's do something new yeah let's create a new show uh, and everyone knew that they were gonna get it basically mm. because the, like, the ratings for Scooby-Doo were so low so a lot of this information I got from did someone uh, die because we're sitting here and uh, the tension is building and I'm like did one of them die no 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 <laughs> but uh, so I got a lot of this information from Mark Evanier's blog right uh, so it's from his perspective so you know there's some he seems very interesting okay. so some of this is kind of hmm, speculative maybe not entirely reliable okay uh, but there's very little information in other places apart from some stuff that other people have said basically um, Barbera the guy yeah was like we'll create Joe Barbera he was like we'll create a new pet dog and that will revamp the ratings we want it to look fresh and new we're gonna have a new character we're gonna do the format slightly differently and that will make us popular again there's a very funny quote from Mark Evanier in his blog where he is talking about Scrappy and he says, there are many folks who, given the choice of seeing the execution of Osama Bin Laden or Scrappy-Doo, would opt for Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, I mean, that was written pre-Osama Bin Laden assassination, but yeah. <laughs> Barbara was trying to create Jesus this character. Christ. And there's a very funny, there's a very funny quote as well where he talks about how they used to write for Scooby-Doo at this point where they used to just like come up with a bizarre premise of like some monster and then they go to the writers and be like what about a man who dresses as an ant eater and there's like an ant crime and they're like yes genius and then they write it and they were just running out of ideas which is why the ratings are slow low because they just kept like trying to come up with something new uh but it'd been going for a long time so they're trying to do this new character joe barbera sketched this scrappy like character Mm mm-hmm Everyone at Hanna-Barbera hated it. Right. Like everybody um, else. Yeah, well, um, he couldn't do it. So he was like, oh, what should I do? I'll get Mark Evanier, who's our writer, to create Scrappy. Right. And Mark Evanier was the lead writer on the other show that was competing for the slot. Okay. <laughs> so so he was like, I want you to save Scooby-Doo uh, so it can compete against your proposed show, basically. And he was like, I don't really want to. And they were like, well, if you don't, then we're not going to employ you in any other... Holy shit! <laughs> faculty, in faculty, so we just, uh, we need you to do this for us. Did they pay him? They must have uh, paid him a lot. Yeah, eventually, hope. they'd like, 
there was this whole financial thing where he got into trouble with the financial office and then they tried to like kick him off and stop paying him and I mean this again this is from his perspective so you know I don't know how accurate it is but from other stuff I've read about Barbera it seems accurate. <laughs> Cartoon mob boss. Basically he's <laughs> like it's very much like that um because they were um, him and, and Hannah uh, met on MGM so they're very much from that sort of creative but also business yeah thing of that sort of time period which i guess is how it's always been really but yeah yeah he's interesting uh he's very, apparently he's presented in this blog as very like insistent and gets his own way most of the time okay so this isn't hard to do when you're incredibly rich yeah so basically he is forced into creating this character uh <laughs> what are you googling? I'm, I'm image searching for him because I can't picture what he looks like. Um, it's just coming up with wine. Yeah. What's his first name? Joe. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, he's very like that. Yeah, so he's basically strong-armed into creating this new character to compete with his new show. Um, and <laughs> Joe Barbara starts trying to describe what he wants this character to be like. So they got like a kind of image of him, but they don't have a voice or like a story which they need to pitch to ABC Yeah, to get picked up. Um, and Joe Barrera is describing this character and to Mark Evanier, he's basically just Henry Hawk from Looney Tunes. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm going to write the script as if it's Henry Hawk from Looney Tunes. <laughs> And he does that, and he's like, okay, I've done it, I've done it. Look, here, here's my script. And they're like, this is perfect. Oh my god. This is god. exactly what we want. We want it. This is, this is great. Holy shit. He's very cynical about animation. He's like, a lot of them were just trying to steal other cartoon characters and stick them together and then yeah. propose them as a new character. That's how they all sort of evolve as like amalgamations of currently popular like, other cartoons. It's not that surprising. You can kind of see it mm -hmm. when you watch them. Yeah, so they, uh, they put this thing together, they show it to ABC, and ABC is like, this is genius, we're gonna pick this up. <laughs> so Ruby, okay. Ruby and Spears are pissed. Yeah, I would be. Uh, but, you know, that's how it goes, and actually they ended up having to work on Scooby-Doo and Scrappy during oh, the 80s. the ultimate fucking punishment. I know. After stealing and your they, spot. they hated, they reportedly hated Scrappy the whole time, um, which is probably partly because they stole their TV slot, but also maybe because Scrappy sucked. But apparently, um... I mean, if they were writing for it, right? Yeah. Do you think that might be one of the reasons why Scrappy-Doo did bad in the long term? I mean, but it was still their career. They still had to yeah. work on something. They couldn't try and tank it for their really. No. But I mean, the resentment Sometimes I wonder. Through. Sometimes I wonder if there was a purposeful, like... I don't know, way of doing him to make people dislike him. Because he was supposed to be punchy, but like more... Oh, he's punchy. Yeah. But like sort in of a horrible more... way. <laughs> more energetic for younger children to sort of identify yeah. with, I think. Yeah, so it's picked up. Uh, apparently Joe Ruby phones up Mark Evanier and is like, uh, congratulations on the scrappy. <laughs> like, in a sarcastic way. He yeah. was not pleased i think they probably saw it kind of as a traitorous thing yeah 
even though it wasn't he really, really his fault according it. to him it wasn't his fault but I mean for all <laughs> we know he might have just been like yeah this is gonna be more successful I'm gonna stick with the you know already the, the already established show, show yeah. yeah oh god I feel bad for them I know I mean, I mean kinda, they, do, I they kind do pretty well yeah I kind of don't because it saved Scooby Doo yeah well yeah it did uh, they put him on and he became very popular and boosted Scooby-Doo's ratings up into the way it could continue mm-hmm. uh, like that far but it wasn't all like they written the script first yeah. of all it was you know ABC asked for a season but they had to find a voice actor so they wanted this guy Mel Blanc who basically voiced all the, like, the biggest like Roadrunner and shit all the biggest yeah. voice did he voice the, the one that they based it on I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he basically was like, you know, the cartoon man. He was, but he was too expensive, so they couldn't use him. Okay. So they started to hold up. They, so they held auditions for uh, people to try and play the part. Mm-hmm. Um, so Frank Welker. Yeah. He is the guy who voices Fred, and has always voiced Fred uh, since the beginning, basically, and I think he's still going until oh. recently. Uh, he auditions uh, and he ad libs da 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 puppy power and <laughs> and no. uh, and uh, yeah uh, Joe Barbera is like this is fucking genius I'm writing this down put this in the script and Mark Evanier is like oh I was like kind of a bit weak you know yeah uh, but yeah they would put it in the script. <laughs> And um, they were all like, oh, okay, then he'll get the part if they love this catchphrase so much. But no. They cast Don Mezic, who was the voice of Scooby. Mm-hmm. So he was basically voicing Scooby and Scrappy. Yeah. And then they recorded the episode, but then they all hated Scrappy's <laughs> part. So they recast him as Doors Butler, uh, but then they hated that. And then they recast him as Marilyn Schreffler, Paul Winchell, Dick Beals, um, and eventually this guy, Lenny Vine- Vinerib. Do you think... Vinerib after all that time it didn't cross their minds that maybe it wasn't the voice that they hated maybe not <laughs> <laughs> no one could get it right you no know? one could, no, 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 get no it one right. could get this awful character correct yeah um, so they cast this guy Lenny Weinrib um, for about a season but then he asked for more money and they cut him <gasps> and recast Don Messick that's so upsetting who was the original yeah. voice that they did because again it was this whole weird cutting costs thing that they were always trying to do yeah I mean the animation is cheap definitely pushed oh it's very cheap yeah Um, definitely pushed by uh, Hanna-Barbera yeah there's a lot of um, (laughs) there's a lot of other funny things that he talks about Uh, like in the first script Scrappy is very much how he is but according to uh, Evania he's a lot more punchy a bit more Scrappy bit bit feisty you know bit feisty but then he gets uh criticized for making him too independent oh as a character uh so he has this big argument in this big board meeting where they want him to tone him down a bit yeah uh and he was like no you gotta kids like the the punchy aspects and everyone's like oh yeah you're right and Barbara's <laughs> like god man you're a genius this is from his blog and he's, <laughs> and he's like yeah I was trying to save Scrappy's testicles <laughs> and then he uh, he gets the script back and someone's edited it so he's like 
less independent. Oh, oh no. And then uh, that's how it goes. His whole thing is trying to stop the writers from neutering Scrappy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Scrappy, new and unneuted. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, he's cast, he's got a voice, and they record the episode, and it's very successful. Yeah. Yeah, and he's Scrappy, and he does his Scrappy things, as, as we all know and remember. So, now we move on to part two. Mm-hmm. Reactions to Scrappy. This is mainly from the time. So Ruby and Spears obviously hated him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of interest around this sort of uh, cartoon, the sort of Saturday morning cartoon, uh, because there was such like changes in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. There's this quote um, from the Saturday Review from nineteen seventy nine uh, by a name called a name by a man named John Mariani. Uh, and I just thought there's a lot of interesting things in this article. We can go into it in a later date when we talk about Hannah Barbara. Um, but it says every Saturday, Bill Hannah and oh, Bill, Hanna. Bill Hannah and Joe Barbera babysit for an audience of 25 million American children. A situation some would call a stranglehold. Uh. As babysitters Hannah and Barbera would claim a benign influence on the children who sit mesmerized by our cartoons from dawn to noon. But the total command Hanna-Barbera have over the networks at those impressionable hours troubles the people who see themselves as guardians of the children during that four and a half hour period. Peggy Charon, president of Action for Children's Television Act, argues our organization has always been against censorship of any kind and for all kinds of diversity in children's programming. But if you want diversity, you don't hire Hanna-Barbera to produce 77% of your children's schedule (laughs) as NBC has done. The networks have all that money and they could be making the finest children programs in the world, yet they come up with a schedule that in its entirely, entirety, not in any individual show, is an insult to children. Holy shit. I know. Because the other stuff that was on would be like Looney Tunes yeah. and stuff. But I think they weren't that fond of that either, but I think it was more that Hanna-Barbera's cartoons were both very cheap and very dumb. Yeah, I mean, they did the Flintstones as well, Yeah, so yeah. Flintstones, but they also had, like, all that other bullshit. Yeah. You know? Stuff that hasn't survived right so well. Yeah, and it's really interesting because this article goes into Hanna-Barbera's responses, which keeps trying to suggest that Peggy Charon and people like her are against the violence in their shows. She's not, and she's just like, are like, you control the entire network, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. Because uh, Joe Barbera keeps coming in and being like, oh, you know, people hate the fact that people are being hit by a wave and they call it violence. And it it's really weird because it is this strange straw man where it's not what she's saying. Yeah. Because um, there's this other quote where she responds to him and it's very funny. It says, Peggy Sharon shakes her head at such statements. For Joe Barbera, whom I know very well, <laughs> to say he's not allowed to be creative anymore just because he can't show killings is a cop-out of the First Order. We've never asked the networks or Joe to cut out violence in cartoons. All great fairy tales have violence in them. But when I turn on the first episode of Jabberjaw, a 1976 Hanna-Barbera series about a talking great white shark that walks on its tail, <laughs> and see an oriental villain drawn like a Fu Manchu stereotype right out of my own childhood. Uh, well, I wonder if that's what Joe is trying to justify as creativity. Oh my god! I know! <laughs> Drag him! <laughs> and that's so funny! She's right! I know! And it's so funny, because we were always talking about it when we get to those weird episodes, yeah. and we're like, oh, it's the 1970s. That's just like 
how it be, I guess. But I don't think it was. No, because even Cause she's, she's like, like, hey, this is racist. <laughs> Guys, you can't fucking put this in kids' shows. So they kept trying to, like, do this shit. And she kept saying, you gotta do this less and be creative in a way that's not openly racist. And he keeps being like, she wants to get rid of all the violence in our TV shows. <laughs> And it's weird because I think when we look back on that, we do see this sort of 70s, 80s pushback against violence in TV and in cartoons. You know, there's yeah. that whole, and in the 90s as well, I think. There was that whole, oh, there's violence in cartoons, it's bad for children. Yeah, they're going to be violent. And I wonder how of much of that is PR spun by that kind of cartoon company. Yeah, company. they're like, oh, we'll tone down on the violence, but we will not release our grip on the network. <laughs> yeah. And we will not stop doing these. Racial yeah and that like it was always about like i don't know tom and jerry hitting each other rather than being about them doing a bunch of really dumb uninteresting cartoons that were incredibly racist yeah yeah it's just really it is interesting god that's such a good quote i know um yeah it's a good article it's really funny they um the guy who wrote the article kind of goes towards Hanna-Barbera's side, mainly because he's talking about the difference between shows like Scooby-Doo and shows which were like more interesting. Um, it says, Hanna-Barbera's cartoons run the gamut of children's fare from lovable dopey animal characters like Scooby-Doo and his rascal sidekick Scrappy-Doo to classic epic heroes like Superman and Wonder Woman. Most of these shows are interrupted by drop-in safety tips and educational admonishments. And for those children who are too dumb to know when to respond to a joke, there are laugh tracks. Oh shit, yeah. It That's says too dumb to know when to respond to jokes. Uh, the CBS network brought Hanna-Barbera as the Popeye Hour, while ABC has the world's greatest super friends and Scooby and Scrappy-Doo. NBC is filling out its entire 7.30 to noon slot with Hanna-Barbera-isms. Casper and the Angels, Fred and Barney meet the Thing... The Super Globetrotters, The New Shmoo, Godzilla, Johnny Quest, and The Jetsons. And there's this sort of implication that the older, more violent, but like, you know, like slapstick shows, yeah. not really violent. Or Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes sort of style are a lot more interesting creatively than sort of watered down shows that they see like Scooby Doo as being. Yeah. And then there's well, this I would say the animation for Looney Tunes is more interesting. Well, it is exactly because it's a lot more like dynamic, where yeah. Scooby Doo is and it's mainly very like static. Breaky, and yeah. they are cartoons, and they sort of know that they're cartoons. Mm. Yeah, but there's this implication that by putting Scrappy Doo, they've made it more Looney Tune esque. Yeah. So they're trying to make it less watered down. So they're sort of suggesting that Scrappy Doo is this good thing that they've put in. Uh, in order to like vamp it up and make it yeah. more dynamic okay. so scrappy do is anti-censorship yeah basically <laughs> it's really funny it's really strange um yeah because there's this whole fight between the different kinds of cartoon because Santa Barbara were doing this thing called like songs of Heidi which was meant to be their new creative project okay and they were trying to in the article they're trying to like talk about how the way they create cartoons has to be cheap because they're putting out like seven days a week sort of thing or like a bunch of shows and just constantly whereas Disney has like a lot of money for one film yeah or something like that so they're trying to like justify it but it is this weird sort of 70s consumerism thing interesting it is yeah I'm sorry I'm still thinking about the um 
and children who are too stupid to grasp when to laugh at a joke there is a laugh track because then it makes me think of the Big Bang Theory <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the whole thing about sitcoms in general especially around that time in the mm. 70s and 80s where it's like oh you know it's sort of funny but in case you don't know that it's funny here's some laughter so it will feel more funny yeah it will psychologically trick you into laughing as well. Exactly, yeah. You'll be like, oh, well, having a great time, me and all these invisible people who are yeah. laughing along with me. <laughs> yeah, so at its time, it was seen as a positive step for Scooby-Doo, while at the same time, Scooby-Doo was still hated yeah. by like the press and a substantial number of people. And even the people who are apparently pro-censorship, they also hate pro-censorship even <laughs> even like act and stuff they still hated Scooby-Doo but mainly because it was racist yeah which is valid <laughs> yeah <laughs> which seems incredibly reasonable really yeah um it's so funny but by the end of the 80s because there was Scooby-Doo and Scrappy mm. uh which still had all the gang but also but just like included Scrappy uh, and then slowly the format changed until it phased out all the gang apart from Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. Didn't Daphne have a similar Not yet. Well? Not yet. So it's them. And then that sort of starts to decline. And then that's when they bring back Daphne uh, and also introduce Flim Flam and Vincent Van Gogh, our, our boys. <laughs> Flim, Flim Flam, Flam the walker our god. <laughs> our, our god, Flim Flam. Uh, we should do a special on Flim Flam. I would love that. Um, <laughs> Flim Flam belongs in prison. <laughs> Abolish prisons except for Flim Flam. I do like that they brought that they brought Daphne back first because so many people have said like, oh, she's the like least useful of the gang, which I don't think she is. Yeah, but um, she is the sexy one. <laughs> I think from what I can tell, it's sort of because Scrappy was sort of brought in to be competent. And yeah. he makes all these like Rube Goldberg machine type so he's things. So Fred. he sort of replaces Fred <laughs> in a lot of roles. That's so and funny. they sort of they become a bit more adventury and slapstick. Yeah, I think to make him more Looney Tunes. And so because the mysteries are less complicated, they don't need Velma. She mm. would no longer serve a purpose. Yeah, there's no clues anymore. Yeah, so really the only one who they need is Shaggy to be scared of things, mm. along with Scooby, and for them to be a double act. And then Daphne, they can sort of bring back to be like clumsy and fall over. Yeah, danger prone Daphne. <laughs> danger prone Daphne. And I don't know. I guess Vincent Van Gogh uh, serves the purpose because it's like the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, mm. which is where they have to like find thirteen ghosts and return them to a chest, like a video game. <laughs> Which I honestly can't wait to watch. I know. Sounds amazing. Uh, which it wasn't completed into until 2018, oh, okay. um, because it was sort of cancelled. Yeah. And I'll I'll get yeah we'll we'll get to that in a bit. So the sort of anti-scrappy sentiment. Mm. It's hard to pinpoint when it started. Yeah. Because <laughs> people obviously probably people hated him on like a personal basis yeah like probably since he was introduced yeah but not um, to the degree where that guy was like, like people a... would shoot him before they would shoot osama bin Laden. Well, that's his creator though <laughs> yeah who said that so um <laughs> but there's became it becomes like a meme doesn't yeah. it like hatred of scrappy yeah and it's hard to pinpoint exactly when that started and i think it starts with the creation of the internet mostly. oh my god yeah 
Um, people can talk to each other. But like, even towards the end of the 80s, they were starting to get sick of having to do scrappy stories. Yeah. Because he was beginning to take over the like the whole the whole show. Yeah. It was like the scrappy show, basically. I, yeah. Hateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when they were going to reboot it and do a pup named Scooby Doo, which is the one where it they're all like children, like babies. Yeah. It's uh, Scooby's whole family. That one isn't it? Is no, it? it's no. like they bring back the gang. Oh. Uh, and they were like, we're going to make it sort of Looney Tunes again, but they're, they're still going to solve mysteries. Yeah. So we're going to take out Scrappy. Good. And we're going to bring back the rest of the gang. <laughs> so they reboot it in, I think it's 88. Um, and the last show, like last animated thing with Scrappy in it as a main character was a movie called The Reluctant Werewolf. <laughs> which is very funny um is noteworthy uh for being the first time shaggy has a girlfriend and the last time scrappy do appears as a character in an animated film or show as like a as like a character who has a speaking role basically yeah but it seems like towards the end of the 80s people were aware that he'd kind of ruined the format of the show yeah because i think they kind of forgot that the show was hated and it was going to go off the air yeah and everyone was just like kind of missing the mystery format felt, it felt more was more comfortable yeah they changed it yeah and there's a quote which is as a result of scooby-doo and scrappy-doo success the entire show was overhauled in 1980 to focus more upon scrappy-doo which is when they took out the rest of the gang at this time scooby-doo decided to walk and run anthropomorphically on two feet more often rather than on four like a normal <laughs> dog as he did previously i want you to picture me loading a gun as you say that <laughs> <laughs> what if scooby-doo was more human <laughs> What if he walks on two feet like a man, striding confidently? I don't want him to be more human. (laughs) Yeah, that was what led more to uh, the villains being real ghosts and real monsters rather than people in costumes because they wanted them to like fight them, you know? Let me at him, let Let me me at at him! Puppy power. Good. Can we talk about puppy power for a minute? I like to imagine, um, I kind of want a tattoo of like. Like a fist? No, no, no. It's like a, it's like a gravestone, right? Okay. Um, and it says R I P P. All right. Rest, Rest in puppy, puppy power. power. And then from the ground <laughs> underneath the tombstone is Scrappy's fist punching up into the air. Like, what was the implications of doing puppy power in the nineteen seventies? Um, like, <laughs> I know it was Frank, but like, and I know it was improvised. <laughs> I don't know. The only power movement that comes to mind when it's I black think, power. right, yeah, with the fist. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think it's a reference to that. I don't. Think I don't so. think it is, but that's all I can think of when I, I think of puppy power. I wonder if it was just because he was improvising it, and that kind of slogan was around a lot at the time. So it was just in his head. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird, though. It is weird. <laughs> I don't know. I had made that like connection until recently, and I was like, "That's kind of weird." Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know, puppy power. Of course, then there's the "Let Me Adam," which is more annoying. Yeah, um, he's doing his swirly fists. Yeah, yeah, and his fists are going real fast. He's so tiny. I do like, want you should just let him at them. <laughs> I do want to like drop kick him like an American football. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's his size. He's very drop kickable. 
Mm. And he does deserve it, is the thing. You see, here we are falling back into anti-scrappy hatred when we're trying to rehabilitate his image. Are we? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm quite comfortable in my hatred of Scrappy-Doo. I'm... Okay, I feel like I should take the devil's advocate role okay. of... I don't know, he is very annoying. I mean, he peed on Daphne, and I take that as a personal like. But that affront. was deliberately uh, so foreshadowing. It was. So we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Flim Flam, Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they do the reluctant werewolf, and he is no longer part of the series. And then throughout the 80s, he becomes known, like in the early 90s, late 80s, he becomes known as having ruined the mystery format. Okay. Which is how people remember him, as having ruined that thing that they liked and making it not that anymore. Okay. Not being about the mysteries anymore, being Even a different kind of show. Even though it's going to shut down if he wasn't there. Yeah, but people hate him for that reason. Mm. As well as, I suppose, being annoying. Yeah, so then his next appearance in the franchise, Hanna-Barbera starts to shut down. Okay. In the 90s. Uh, and Scooby-Doo is acquired by Archie Comics. Yes! Yeah. I can't so wait for the for... fucking Mysteries 5 Riverdale show. Oh I can never God. stop thinking about it. I was I was listening to The Shrieking Shack and they keep talking about a CW Riverdale-style Harry Potter thing and I'm so sad that we're not the only ones who've made that joke even though it's a very obvious joke. I know, but I want it so bad. I know. It would be good and I think it would be better with Scooby-Doo. Yeah, but Harry Potter's too long form. Yeah, and it's too complicated. Yeah, and like it has it's already plot. got a serious storyline, whereas Scooby Doo would be really very funny. doesn't have a serious storyline except for Mystery, Mystery Incorporated. Incorporated. Yeah. So Archie Comics, they all hated Scrappy. They tried to put him in and change his personality, make him more sort of approachable, but people didn't buy it. They still hated him, so they just canned him. Yeah. Uh, until their last. Uh, one which was Cartoon Network Presents because this was by the time Cartoon Network had acquired the rights to the Scooby-Doo show mm. uh, but Archie Comics still would like in collaboration with DC Comics and Cartoon Network created a special uh, comic thing called Puppy Power uh, which was about a pizza boy who hates Scrappy-Doo <laughs> but then is saved by Scrappy-Doo and the whole it's like a whole joke article about him coming to love Scrappy <laughs> enemies to lovers yeah 100k <laughs> but it was like presented as a joke because everyone hated Scrappy yeah it takes us to part three puppy power Scrappy's legacy <laughs> there's a funny bit of the wikipedia page of Scrappy where it says in decline oh. <laughs> it's like the decline of Scrappy I can't wait till my wikipedia entry has it says an in, in decline, decline section my ad started when I was like 14 <laughs> So 1995, Cartoon Network acquires Scooby-Doo, like all the past episodes of Scooby-Doo, and I think by that point it was less out of the public consciousness, and it was just a sort of similar way as we to how we see other Hanna-Barbera cartoons of that yeah. period, where it was sort of, oh, that was kind of a fun, archaic thing that people watched, but then Cartoon Network just blitzed it on every, <laughs> like every Saturday, because it's cheap, yeah. you know, to acquire old shows and, to and show then them. rerun them yeah which is like how it's a wonderful life became like an iconic christmas film was because the rights were really cheap uh so oh. all the, all the tv um companies just bought the rights and then reran it every christmas uh-huh. it was like a cheap christmas film which is how it became iconic just because it was cheap to put on i've never actually seen it it's fine <laughs> it's cheap to put it's on been, yeah it's cheap <laughs> 
it's sort of it's very much that sort of um you know it becomes that go back in time see what would happen if you were never born thing which is how it started a lot of things were inspired by it i think yeah and it became iconic but it's not like amazing sorry if there's any it's wonderful life mega fans listening (laughs) it's fine it's a fine film (laughs) yeah so because they showed it so much um it became very popular because people were like, oh, I love this. That is how Possibly I'm... how it said in the article that you could turn your brain off and just watch it and not have to think at all. Yeah. But um, kids love that. I still love that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny in a, in a depressing way. It's, it is funny because they could have picked up any of the other weird shows, like the shark one, and started yeah. showing all of those. But instead they chose Scooby-Doo. It's very... So there must have been something exactly. about it. It would have been really funny if like nowadays it was just like people who grew up in the 70s and 80s knowing about Scooby-Doo and then everybody from like nine like millennials basically only knowing about like that shark one or whatever yeah <laughs> it's a whole and different the other world ones, like the globe trotters or the other ones I can't think of the other ones the one with the other dog Jetsons yeah the Jetsons kind of know the Jetsons but like yeah I, I mean I don't not I don't massively. even really know the Flintstones yeah, well, it's similar, isn't it? We don't know the Flintstones as well as we know Scooby-Doo, but it's one of the ones that's endured. And I think it's because it was shown on TV. Yeah. I think the Jetsons was on sometimes, but I don't remember. Yeah, so it's the 90s, and Scooby-Doo's on a lot. And it's, like, pretty much... I think the main ones they used to show was What's New Scooby-Doo and also Scooby-Doo and Scrappy. Yeah. Um, I love Maybe 13 Ghosts? Yeah. Um, That's how I... What's New Scooby-Doo wasn't on yet, because it wasn't invented. <laughs> Oh, it's the nineties. Oh, I see. Um, that's not until two thousand. It feels like a two thousand five show. I think it's earlier two thousand. I think it's pre-film, which is two thousand. It is pre-film. Two thousand two is the film, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's mainly those shows. So people started seeing Scrappy Doo more. People hated Scrappy Doo. It's very fucking annoying. This is less about what he's done to Scooby Doo and more about how annoying he is as a character. Yeah. Uh, there was a forum tag, like a like a ribbon you could put at the bottom of your website that was just like anti Scrappy Do <gasps> in like in the nineties. Maybe that should be my tattoo instead of R I P B. John Hine did this blog called Jump the Shark, which was about things that went wrong okay. in um, beloved TV series that made them bad. Because you know nineties is like peak complain blog era. Yeah, uh, and he talked about Scrappy as being like one of the worst offenders. He's like, this is what ruined Scooby-Doo. But really what ruined Scooby-Doo was being Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> it was just being incredibly formulaic and kind of boring. Yeah, never changing. Yeah. Uh, and then Cartoon Network, they always hated Scrappy. And they knew everyone hated Scrappy. Uh, so they created like a web game called um, Scrappy Stinks. Where I think you throw things at Scrappy. Oh my god. And they started like making fun of him. And this was two years after they, they said... They made this game two years after getting the rights to Scooby-Doo, so they must have, like, gone into production really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then there was promos. All their promos would have, like, Scrappy having bad things happen to him. Or being shown in a negative light. Uh, and then, obviously, Scooby-Doo Project. Yeah. That we, we have talked about before. Where he's seen as, like, a scary thing that they hear in the distance. <laughs> Walking through the woods. Mm-hmm. Then they hear, Puppy Power! Puppy Power! And you're like, what's that? A jump scare noise playing at the same <laughs> time. Um, Dumb. 
It's good. So yeah, by the time the live action film came out, it was written and directed by James Gunn. That James Gunn. That James Gunn. Um, and he hated Scrappy, so he was like, he's the villain. <laughs> People will love this shit. <laughs> yeah. Because by that point, it had become this meme that Scrappy fucking sucks. Yeah. So I think he was right. Yeah, I think it was good actually that they made him the villain because he turns up in that one scene yeah. that we mentioned earlier where he pees on, on Daphne. Daphne and then says he's marking his territory, which, which is I think re- is disgusting. Really weird. <laughs> you know, this this thing about Scooby Doo. I wish there was less references to bestiality. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was less. Sometimes I wish there were less. Talking about this in Mystery Incorporated, which is the best series ever made of anything ever, mm. uh, but does involve a lot of like veiled references to Shaggy having to choose between Scooby and Velma in a romantic sense. Yeah, I mean, not even veiled, really. It's textual. It's textual. <laughs> it's textual. It's Velma it happens... saying, "He left me for a dog," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "Oh, your guy has mommy issues. Mine has dog issues," and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, and doesn't I swear they like kiss at some point, and then they like look at each other and he's like he he he. They God. definitely do. They do. Because um, I think we saw it and then screamed at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So James Gunn is like he's the villain. So he pisses on Daphne, and then later on, obviously, he's Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. And he turns into a giant mutant Scrappy Doo. Mm and they destroy him and that's the last time he's had a speaking role in any Scooby-Doo franchise God bless James Gunn basically killed him he's had a bunch of references but only ever as jokes so he turned up as a brief cameo in Scooby Natural the supernatural (laughs) episode of Scooby-Doo uh huh Uh, there's another episode where it's called Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King yeah where they hit like a display stand of scrappy stuffed toys I think I've seen that you know I was talking earlier about the 13 ghosts of Scooby Doo yeah so because that was never completed they did like a final episode in 2018 yeah which was like it looks really bad but it's like a straight to TV film sort of thing and it has Flim Flam in it but it does not have Scrappy Doo in it even though he was a main character in the original series oh shit and they have like previously on 13 ghosts and they have the ones from like the 80s uh, and then at one point Flim Flam's like where's Scrappy? and Velma's like what's a Scrappy? because <laughs> <laughs> Velma wasn't even in the original one no. so interesting <laughs> replaced with Velma uh, and obviously there's that bit in Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated where they see a statue of Scrappy in the um, monster museum and Daphne sees him and then Fred wheels her away or something Fred, yeah Fred pulls her away and is, she's like what's that? And Fred's like, no, we promise never to speak of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's very good. It's very self-aware. I like it. Yeah. So I guess the thing about Scrappy, listen, the thing about Scrappy is he sort of, in a way, defines (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Okay, continue. Okay, so the thing about Scooby-Doo is really, is this extremely mass-marketed mass produced like lowest common denominator series yeah that will reboot itself time and time again to try and get more people to watch it in whichever way is currently most marketable (laughs) 
And that started with Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Scrappy Doo was the first reboot and was the first time they were like, let's remake it so people still like it. And yeah. it's kept going ever since until like last year it was rebooted again in that really weird, awful Family Guy style yeah. animation. And I think that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, listen, it also sums, mm-hmm. that, that si- sums up that kind of mass market children's cartoon thing of like the 80s. Mm. Like Power Rangers. Yeah, the same. that sort of to sell merchandise cheaply made yeah like children's tv show yeah and it's worked i do still want to buy scooby-doo merchandise yeah you have scooby-doo merchandise i do i bought you scooby-doo <laughs> merchandise <laughs> in the past listen we have a podcast we're allowed to care about that kind of thing even mm-hmm. if merchandise is terrible and should never be made about anything mm. um <laughs> so yeah that's the that's the story of scrappy and that's what he means to the Scooby-Doo franchise. So even as we criticise him, we have to accept that he did save Scooby-Doo multiple yeah. times. And he's big enough that we're here talking about him. He's not that big, he's only three paws. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and he was more influential than any of Scooby's other family members. Yeah, who remembers Flim Flam? Are they related? No. Okay, who are his other who are his other family? They're members? in the book. He's got his mm. his whole family trees in the book, which I hate because it implies that they fuck. A lot of the Scooby Doo like media stuff always seems to imply that Scrappy was like a beloved person who the gang loves and who everyone loves and was fierce and fun even though he wasn't. Yeah. Um, it's the company line. It's the company line. Defend Scrappy Doo, <laughs> so we can keep rerunning um, Scooby Doo and Scrappy. I did watch that as a kid and I did not like it. Mm. Um, I was always disappointed. I was like, I want the other one. Uh, yeah. So there's Scooby Dum. Yeah. Who is Scooby Doo's closest cousin? Um, he looks like he has Goofy's exact face. He <laughs> looks like he's thing. about to say. They, they, used to, they, they used to just like remake. Look, they used to try and like jam two different cartoon characters together and be yeah. like, "This is our new character, Scooby Dum." <laughs> yeah, and uh, it has a fun Daphne fact. Uh, that says in the headless horseman of Halloween Scooby Dum was mistakenly called Scooby's brother Scooby has no brothers but he does have one sister which is Rose Doom who's Scrappy's mum Rose Doom is featured in a lot of uh, fan fiction that I was looking up before the she's a very sad looking dog yeah oh Scrappy Doo like biographically as a character grew up on the streets of New York so that's fun that's why he's like that that's why he's so tough (laughs) and he like had his own gang Oh shit! Um, Scooby Dum's catchphrase is "Golly Willikers." No, it's "Yuck Scoob." <laughs> Yuck Scoobs. <laughs> and then there's Yabadoo and Dusty, who is the cowboy version of Scooby Doo and Shaggy. Yabadoo, like Yabba Dabba Doo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Barbera's is the same. <laughs> uh, and his catchphrase is "Yippity Yabbity Doo." That's Yabba Dabba Doo. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> Hannah Barbera had four writers. <laughs> yeah, it was probably invented by fucking Evanier, uh, probably. Um, and then there is uh, Scooby D. Who's sexy. Who is a very sexy dog. With a pink um, collar and a little heart on it. She's they really want you to fuck this dog. <laughs> uh, the description says, Scooby D, age seven in human years, height 10 paws, weight 50 pounds, so she's uh 
seven paws taller than Scrappy, but only ten pounds more because she's a lady. She's skinny. Uh, she has violet eyes. She's snow white, and says this movie star hound from the Hollywood Hills is the slightly more famous cousin of Scooby Doo and Scooby Dum. With beautiful white hair, irresistible eyelashes, oh! and a heart-shaped dog tag, Scooby-Dee controls her starstruck cousins with a single wag of her tail. Does that imply that her cousins would have fucked her? Yes! I guess it fucking does! It also says irresistible eyelashes. What does that mean? I don't want to hear it about a dog. She does have irresistible eyelashes. They do want you to fuck this dog. Do Family Tree is extensive. Yes. Yeah, so, I can um, put pictures of this on Twitter later. Oh no, Yabadoo is his brother. Ah. Uh, and his other brothers is Howdy Do and Skippy Do. I like Howdy Do. I like his French. Uh, then it's Dada Do and Mumsy Do. I guess, I guess that's not their first names. But no, it is. She's that's called Mumsy. They look like old southern people. Uh, they have monocles and top hats and like southern lady hair so um <laughs> Scooby Doo comes from a rich southern family which is like just like kind him. of fits with the weird vibes of like the first series doesn't he get left money by that southern colonel yeah and then they have to stay in that house overnight yeah yeah and then it's like the trick where they have to stay in the house and the ghosts get them mm. and then his dad's dad Horton Do. Horton, and here's spook, a do. Spooky do. You missed my Horton, here's a do joke. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Horton, here's a do. Fucking genius. It wasn't good. Anyway. Uh, then there's Grandpa Do, Great Grandpa Do, and Yankee Doodle Do. Yankee Doodle Do's dressed like a pilgrim. <laughs> I guess so... they, go, they go back all the way to the Mayflower, the Scooby Doo family. <laughs> all the Do's are good, fine old family. <laughs> Very vampire diaries. Yeah. And then cousins of unknown origin. That's what it says. Uh, Whoopsie Doo, Dooby Dooby Doo, who looks like Elvis, Scooby Dee, Scooby Dum, and Dixie Doo, who looks like a human woman but with a really long like face. <laughs> oh, she does. She I has woman that. hair. I mean, so does Scooby Dooby Doo, but like Scooby Dooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Reading this family tree is like having a stroke. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the Scooby family. I'm sure there's more about them on the Scooby Wiki, which is really where a discerning Scooby Doo fan gets their information rather than this published encyclopedia. Yeah, it's pro- company propaganda. <laughs> yep. This is by the fans for the fans. I know that's CIA mandated nonsense. I want you to know that there are two uh, articles entitled Scooby Doo. Uh, one called Scooby Doo, the other called Scooby Doo Imposter. <laughs> Oh. Ooh. Cool. Personality, Scooby D is very sweet and kind. It also said that about Scrappy's mum, and I don't believe that's true. The Scooby Doo Show. <clears throat> Scooby Doo, the gang, along with Scooby Dunn, had to escort Scooby D back to Hollywood on a train while the ghost of a movie actor, Milo Booth, made several attempts on her life. He's called Milo Booth. Like Edward Booth? <laughs> Maybe. His former home, where the kids and Scooby Dumb end up searching for her in the graveyard. Although she was Scooby Dum and Scooby Doo's cousin, they were both in love with her. Scooby Dee kissed them at the end. I hate that. Huh. Edward Booth is John Wilkes Booth's brother. Yeah. So, you know, John Wilkes Booth kills Lincoln. Yeah. Edward Booth. Edwin. Edwin Booth? Yeah, Edwin Booth, that's it. Edwin Booth saves Abraham Lincoln's son from being hit by a train. Oh, shit. Two yeah. sides of the same presidential. 
Yeah, Great. like he doesn't know who he is, but he saves him, and That's it's so and weird. it's Lincoln's son. It's really fucking weird because <laughs> they had different political opinions. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, you know, I think it was John Wilkes Booth was like Confederate, and then he was like disavowed his brother, and he was an actor. But I mean, they were they were both actors, weren't they? Um, but yeah, he saves his son's life after his dad's assassinated. That's so weird. Yeah. Small fucking world. I know. I guess they're sort of the same city, but like it's weird, strange circle. I mean, this isn't about Scooby Doo, but it, <laughs> this is an interesting fact for people who didn't know. Um, yeah. Any any comments on Scrappy Doo or Scooby Doo's family? I don't have any comments on Scrappy Doo or his family, but I do have some fan fiction that I found earlier. Ah, fan fiction corner. Fan I fiction love fan fiction corner. corner. This is the only one I found because I didn't look for very long. It's titled The Final Sandwich. Mm. It is one chapter long. And I picked it because it had um, a content warning for graphic depictions of violence, which I always love for Scooby Doo fan fiction. Don't tell the censors. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, the whole. The, the gang of five are exploring a mystery park. And this author has written like a couple different fan fictions that I could see about Scrappy Doo for a podcast. Oh, nice. I think. Um, featuring, Full circle. Yeah, featuring Wanda and Cosmo. That's nice. Don't care for that. Of, like, fairly old parents, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the gang go to um, investigate this theme park that's been closed for, like, a year, mm. but the rides keep turning on and they're like, it must be a ghost. Um, but it's not a ghost. It's Scrappy Doo, who's got his, I guess, genies, Cosmo and Wanda, to open the park for him so he can have a fun time. This feels like a special that would actually run on Cartoon Network. Uh, not for long. Okay. <laughs> um, so, is it a quote from it? Oh, look, friends, Cosmo yelled over the rushing winds, strapped in next to Scrappy. Should we go say hi? Scrappy's ears pulled back and he bared his teeth, then a growl. No, they're not my friends. Friends don't tell you you're going to the park, but really they're taking you to the vet to get your balls lopped off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This is what my hernia was talking about. Exactly. That's why when you said that, my eyes got very wide. I was like, wow. It's the network that locked your balls off, not the vet. (laughs) And continues for a little bit. Um, Shaggy and Scooby find a sandwich stall um, in the closed theme park, which reminded me of Charlie the Friendly Robot because Mm. they do find the sandwich place. And then, or they find a food place and eat there or something. They do that pretty much everywhere they go. Was that in Charlie the Friendly Robot? Was that in like a ghost town or something? They do it in the Alligator Town and Mystery No, in the one in, it was the one with the mine, with Miner 49 there where they go there and there's the old oh, food yeah. that's all like rotten and they just like chomp it all down. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Anyway, they find a sandwich place and they go in. Basically, Scrappy sees them. He gets Cosmo to tie Scrappy up. And Scooby's like, I'll get a sandwich. And he's like, oh no, uncle. (laughs) Scrappy chided. Oh my god. You you sit back and relax. I'll make the sandwich for you. It's not going to be his testicles, is it? (laughs) He began to... that It should have been. That would have made more. That would have been dramatic irony. Love that. He began to pile the toppings onto a piece of bread. Cheddar, lettuce, tomato, onion, repeat. Over and over until the sandwich was nearly as tall as the puppy making it. Three paws. Silly me, I forgot the meat. Scrappy feigned surprise. Cosmo, I wish from some shaggy. Thinly sliced. And then ah! and then they cut Shaggy's arm off. Oh my god. Well he's alive. Yeah. Oh my god. He survives. 
Oh, very Hannibal. I know. Anyway, I thought that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love fanfiction content. That was mm-hmm. that was some good information. Mm-hmm. People write good things online. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever in anything online that's good. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, you are right. <laughs> I'm gonna. T- I, I take that back because maybe some at some point soon I'll start writing a CW show. <laughs> I mean, obviously, when we write the CW show about Scooby Doo, that becomes really popular, and everyone's like, ah. Oh, can't believe they're shamelessly rebooting Scooby-Doo again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's how it be when it's Scooby-Doo. That's what Scooby-Doo does. That's, that's actually Scooby-Doo the most is. Scooby-Doo thing about the it. The most Scooby-Doo thing you can do is make a heartless, rebooted version of Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Which is what they keep doing, and that's why Scooby-Doo is eternal. Because it will always be what it is, which is empty. <laughs> Apart from Mystery Incorporated, which is the best reboot, and yeah. it's full of heart, and is very important to me. Me too. Yeah, so that that's what we got to say about Scrappy and mm-hmm. this Scrappy Juice special. Um, we'll hopefully be doing more episodes uh, because we now live together. Woo! Woo! We're, we're recording this from our living room, which is why it's so echoey. We're very bad sound technicians. Uh, <laughs> we make this on a budget. Thankful we don't have a Patreon <laughs> for our six episodes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's all I have to say about Scrappy Doo. I hope you've all learned something today, and I hope to do more specials like this because I think it's fun. Yeah, I'd like to do one on Hannah Barbara as people, uh, and I'd like to do one on Flim Flam. <laughs> Flim Flam the Walker. A Flim Flam character profile, I think, would be good. Flim Flam, or maybe like a, a minor characters one, where we briefly go over like top Flim Flam, Vincent top Van ten, Gaul, hot dog water, hot dog water. Yeah, top ten minor characters from yes. Scooby-Doo. We've become one of those Miss Mojo channels. Yeah, I was gonna top say. It's just like a listicle, like the like laziest kind of journalism. Yeah. Like top ten Scooby-Doo characters. <laughs> I actually found this article while making this called like proof that Scooby-Doo is trying to make you hate Scrappy, and it had like the um the Scra- Scrappy-Doo stinks. Oh, I mean that was true. Uh, thing and it's like that wasn't because they were trying to make you hate Scrappy because people already, already hated, hated Scrappy and they had all his like funny cameos they're like look they're trying to make you hate him I'm like no you're getting it in the wrong order I know this people is a response already this is him. trying to make jokes so that people can join in and be like huh, I hate Scrappy yeah I alone have figured out that he's a annoying. very lazy article that did not do the research I hate that <laughs> me too we do lots of research always yeah so that is scrappy do retrospective yeah. uh we'll see it. you soon see you soon with our next episode of probably be actual episodes yeah uh yeah rest in puppy power rest in puppy power <laughs> stay groovy <laughs> stay groovy stay groovy you're not feeling me because i can't see the way you shake and shake No urinating on deck. It was an accident. You were marking your territory. You don't have the stroke for this job, Pally. Wow, I haven't seen... Look away, Daphne. We all promised each other that we would never speak of him. Not ever. <laughs>